Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I'm with Ryan Konigsberg, who's going to be obviously joining us today. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Um, a whole lot to talk about, mostly the tournament, but also uh, there's one forever buff who had a big day today, and some fans may need to be talked off the ledge, or maybe we're trying to like rile them up so they riot. I'm not really sure. How do you feel about Philip Lindsay not going back to the Broncos? It's such a, it's such a gut punch to a fan base that already isn't in a bad, isn't in a good place. Um, you know, like Phil was kind of a light in the darkness for the Broncos, especially during the 2018 and 2019 seasons. Obviously, this year just wasn't his year. Um, but it's just, it sucks. Like it, it's a, it's a really bad look for the Broncos, in mm-hmm. my opinion, to just like ignore everything that Phil's done. Um, to ignore how much he means to the fans, to ignore how much he means to the city. Like, he is one of us. And that is worth something. And it's and even if you strip that away, Hank, as a strictly as a running back, if he went to Nebraska and, you know, uh, grew up in Fort Collins, I would still be saying, like, the Broncos should give him $3.5 million to stay on the team this year. It's mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer. You know, you look – I put out the tweet of backs who have averaged 4.8 yards per carry and amassed 2,500 or more yards in, in the last three seasons. It's a who's who of the best running backs in the NFL. Now, I don't think Phil is one of the best running backs in the mm-hmm. NFL, but I think he's absolutely in the top half. And I also think he's absolutely worth $3.5 million. So the combination of the fact that he's a great player who's absolutely worth that money, the fact that he is a Denver guy, the fact that he's a buff, the fact that he's a fan favorite, the fact that he's a leader, the fact that he riles up the team, like it's just an L on every front for the Broncos. So I people should be mad. Uh, yeah. And I completely support their... Uh, their anger yeah and and i've tried to justify it just because like it it, to me it seems like teams don't just make straight up bad decisions like there has to be some sort of reason the reason is that pat Shermer says he's not a fit for his offense yep and that's gonna look even worse and i get it so so maybe that's your your thought as to Mm -hmm. why he's not worth three and a half million this year to yeah. me, it's worth three and a half million to keep him around because you're probably going to end up firing Pat Shermer after this year anyway. <laughs> exactly. And on top of that, like, what are you left with? You're, you're left with Melvin Gordon with Mike Boone. Is that his name? Yes. Mike. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Royce Freeman. If Melvin Gordon goes down, 
you have the worst running back situation in the entire NFL. <laughs> if if Melvin doesn't go down, you're not one of the good situations. Like they've just put themselves in touch a, such a tough spot, and the only way that they could actually get better from this is if they go and just like draft Absolutely. Najee Harris. Yes, and and there are only two or three guys who I I think would be better. No, I, I think there's only one guy who I think will be better than Philip Lindsay this year. There are other guys who could have a chance, but by bringing in a rookie, there's just so much potential for that guy to to be a but to to be a Royce Freeman. Yep, I re- like I think you know stripping away the Phil stuff and looking at the draft, I think Etn would fit really well in mm-hmm. Pat Shermer's offense. Demetric Felton is a guy that we talk about, mm-hmm. but that's a conversation it for is. a Broncos pod. It's just it's just lame, dude. It like is. again. The organization hasn't pressed many right buttons recently. And this was a really cheap and easy one. And they still mm-hmm. press the wrong button. And it's just like, oh, God, get something right. Yeah, it's just bad in so many ways. Because seriously, like, just to give him $2 million, even if you are going to, like, take Najee Harris at nine, like the most drastic thing that you could do, I still think you're better off just giving two, $3 million to Phil and keeping him around anyway. Yes. And that's what's so frustrating is that even in, like, the perfect world for the Broncos. I still just don't like the move because he's plus value for that price. And I like what you brought up about the attitude. Like I said on TDSP a couple weeks ago, like the Broncos are really soft. Yeah. Like that is a team that if I'm another football team, I would love to go play the Broncos. There is nothing that like, like it might be kind of annoying to cover Jerry Judy, you know, yeah. like blocking Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. But the days of having like a keep to leave and Derek Wolf dogs and like yeah like big tough football players are gone and to me Phil was the last one left only because he was here a couple days after Kareem and like you can point to a couple yeah Kareem yeah they absolutely lost one there and like maybe you point to like Dalton Reisner who's yeah kind of has an edge to him at, but at points is the biggest teddy bear we've seen right well he's the yeah. he, he might have Phil, that edge yeah, too he does he has that he's like two-sided in that way mm-hmm. Bulls has an edge to him, but also, you know, has his teddy bear side as well. His wife likes to tweet videos of him slipping on the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, well, he's a little <laughs> clumsy, a little goofy. But Tim Patrick, I think, is a dog. Mm-hmm. Not nearly enough. No. You couldn't go, you couldn't, you, you couldn't afford to go backwards in that, uh, in that area. And that's what they've done. You couldn't afford to go backwards in any area. And they decided to get worse at running back and they and cut Phil. Worse and, at, like, toughness. And worse at just, like, being likable yeah worse at like making people want to go to your game so it it sucks phil was done wrong the good news though is that i do think he's going to wind up somewhere where he's going to get a lot of opportunities i i'm going to be betting on a thousand yard season from phil wherever he goes because wherever he goes the plan is going to be to use him my favorite thing my favorite thing that's going to happen wherever he goes is that he's going to excel in the passing game and all these idiots who have been talking about how he can't catch and he's useless in the passing game are going to have nothing to say. Like, th- there's like, here's what I get. He's always hurt. Okay, 42 out of 48 games in his career. So he's hurt two times a year at the most banged-up position in the NFL. By the way, then someone will respond being like, well, he, it doesn't matter if he misses the game or not. He's always banged up. Welcome to the NFL. Everyone <laughs> is always banged up. Specifically running backs. Yes. And and who are, who are you keeping instead, by the way? Melvin Gordon, who is known for actually missing time. Yeah. Like, that is who you're and keeping fumbling. instead. And fumbling. Which is something that Philip Lindsay has never done in the NFL. Um, so, yeah. It, those are the things that people say. And then the other one is he can't pass. He can't pass block. The only thing stopping him from being a good pass blocker is physical. Like, 
he wants to pass block, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest step. Like he's has no problem throwing his body into exactly. a guy twice his size, and honestly, he does an admirable job most of the time. Does he miss once in a while? Yes, yes. everyone does. He's not perfect in that regard. Um, but then he, it's the whole like he can't catch thing. Well, go watch his career at Colorado. I don't know how he could catch then and can't catch now. It's about using him and putting him in the right position to succeed. His first touchdown and his first game in the NFL came on a pass. Now, I, I realize that doesn't mean he's a great pass catcher either. The same way that a couple drop passes here and there doesn't mean he can't do it. But, like, if he ends up – so here are the main connections. San Francisco, that's where John Embry is. That was obviously who the head coach when he was recruited to Colorado. Personally, it, I don't like that one as much. Okay. Like, like I the way they use their running backs – is not a situation I would want to see Phil go into. And that might be kind of a hot take. It's similar to like the the Scangarello offense that he ran last year and went for 1,000 yards. It wasn't as good, though, as the the Musgrave offense that was the year before. (laughs) You're just guaranteed to have at least one other running back getting touches and probably more. Like, it's just such a deep rotation. He's going to win that. Like, So it's like him and Mostert, probably. Yeah, and who else? Jarek McKinnon, is he still there? I don't know. They like it seems like, like they have, exactly they have like three of those guys right there, and one of them will be it's a Shanahan thing, right? Just, They'll probably draft somebody too. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that one's on the board. Mm-hmm. The next one, Arizona. That's where Vance Joseph is. That's who mm-hmm. drafted him. Obviously, a CU connection there as well. Um. And they just lost Kenyon Drake. So and that's the one I really like. That's the one where he's gonna really excel in the passing game if he goes there, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be hilarious. And then the third one. Definitely the most painful one for Broncos fans is the Chiefs. Another connection with Eric Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator when they were recruiting CU. So there's like those two know each other very well, um, and they just don't have the need mm-hmm. quite as much. But almost anyone is going to have the want yeah. for Philip Lindsay, and Phil is a guy who, you know, he's done a lot, um, but. Only once did he get to be a winner in college. He hasn't been able to get to be a winner in the NFL, and he wants to win more than anyone. I wouldn't be surprised if he says, come and get me. I'm going to go to Kansas City. I'm going to stick it to the Broncos, and I'm also going to beat out Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for playing time. Which I think he would do. I do too. Like having just watched them both play, one of them has been better. And sure, the other one was a rookie, and we'll see if he comes back better. But what we've seen feels better. Yes. And you're like, oh, God, that the edge that he brings would just be such a great fit in their offense and the speed. Mm-hmm. And that's another place where he's going to succeed in the passing game. People are going to be like, what? Like, I thought he sucked there. This would be great. Turns out somebody else sucked in Denver. And I have my guess as to who it was who, like, caused all these problems. There's a lot of people who s- sucked at that yeah. same place. Yeah. Anyways. Yep. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into a bunch of basketball stuff. Also, I lied. It's not going to be a quick break. This is the, the super break. Um, first of all, subscribe to DMVR. Become a member. There's a whole bunch of really cool things going on. Today, I guess, is your last day to get in on the bracket challenge. There's a bunch of really cool prizes mm. that you can win from that. Um, you can join the Discord, where we're going to be talking about the the buffs and the broncos and there's a specific like college channel that isn't the buffs channel so that you can talk about the rest of college basketball there's food there there's so much going on in there and it's it's always popping off if you had thoughts about phil today would have been a great day to get in the discord because a lot of people were talking about phil 
On top of that, obviously access to the written content. You can comment on podcasts and we'll read those comments, answer questions, do that sort of thing. Uh, just a whole bunch of perks. If you come to the DMVR bar, you get a massive beer for the same size as a normal beer. So many perks. Make sure you check that out. You can go to thedmvr.com. Um, there'll be places where you can see how to sign up there and check out all of the awesome things you get. Um, there's the CBD stick that you get now. You get free shirt, you get free mask, all sorts of stuff when you sign up. So make sure that you check that out because it's it's an awesome time to sign up. Also, um, we have Strava. Oh, no, I was reading the wrong one. There we go. Breckenridge Brewery. That makes way more sense. It's always Breckenridge Brewery. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the seltzers, which are really good. Um, I know Ryan likes the honeydew. I've still only tried the peach. One of these, actually, here's a thing that's going on in my life. I would like to be able to go buy some seltzers, but my ID is currently snapped in half. Tape that shit together. Do you think they'd take it? I yeah. guess you might as well try. Yeah. I, t I had a taped together ID for like a year. Really? Yeah. I've been idealist for like two weeks. Tape it up. I'm going to tape it up and I'm going to go buy some <laughs> seltzers and I'm going to check Breckenridge Brewery's website, the beer locator, to figure out where I can pick those up because it's super convenient. Um, I legit had a broken ID for like a whole year and I got turned yeah. down with it like twice. Really? See, yeah. so I, uh, I had a broken ID like just cracked and so it would fold a little bit uh -huh. for like a year and then two weekends ago it just gave out mm. and so i'm thinking r.i.p we're gonna have to we're gonna have to tape that also one thing that i realized during this experience mm -hmm. it's extremely easy to get a no new id so don't put it off all you have to do is like <sighs> log on to a website and like say i want a new id and then you get one within like a week you're lucky to live in colorado in montana i need to so the other issue is i don't have like another oh, form of identification it's a, it's a montana id yeah. well why don't you just switch to a colorado id because you have to take the test unless you bring your old id in so <sighs> yeah yeah but, but you have your old id <laughs> and, and hopefully they'll take it but again like i don't want to get turned down the same thing where it's like I was told by the TSA when I was flying with the cracked one, like, you know, you're you're playing with fire here. Yep. And they would always tell I, me. Yeah, I, I don't want to get rejected because I have that broken. It's the same thing with the DMV. I don't know. I guess it's not as bad, but I just. Anyway, we have some good ideas. Once I am like documented again and able to to go buy alcohol, I'm going to load up on these seltzers even though I still have some Breckenridge beers that are really good too. Um, also, one more, Gabby Insurance. Gabby Insurance, they do this awesome thing where basically you give them your insurance policy and they take that insurance policy and see what other insurance companies will offer it to you for. On average, they save their uh, customers over $900 per year. It's a great deal. They, they do it with car insurance and with home insurance. They go to big name insurers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. And again, you're getting the exact same insurance just for cheaper. You're not getting like some terrible insurance and that's why you're saving the money. It's a really cool tool. Um, they don't sell your information. You will not get blown up with insurance calls after checking Gabby out. It really is just something you have to do Um not even just when you're shopping for insur insurance, but just regularly to make sure you're still getting the best rate. Um, again, the average customer saves uh, $961 a year. 
Check that out. Go to Gabby.com. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DMVR. And that's the important part. We don't get credit unless you put that slash DMVR at the end. Yeah. And people at the company have just been like posting what they're saving because of Gabby and our Slack channel. And people are just like, I saved 380. I saved 470. I saved 550. It's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. So definitely check that out. All right. uh, Basketball. Um, Since we last talked... So, so when we last talked, I guess, it was right after you'd had a chance to watch a, a Georgetown game and a half. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling now, a few days later, about the matchup? Oh, it's really clear to me this game just comes down to shot making from the buffs. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they're long enough that they're going to be able to make things difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to be a McKinley Wright lives in the lane type of game. Or, or I shouldn't say lives in the lane, but lives at the rim mm-hmm. type of game. Um, and it's not going to be a game where you're able to just shut them down based off of your athleticism. So it really, to me, comes down to do the buffs who are a shot making team. That's what, what got them here. Mm -hmm. So I don't like when a team that isn't good at shooting has to shoot their way into a game, you know, Mm -hmm. like at that point, pack it in. But for this team who is built on making shots, if they make shots, they will win. It's that simple to me, and it's the one. And, and by the way, Georgetown will make shots. They are the best three-point shooting team in the Big East, so mm-hmm. that's something to worry about. You got to you got to defend the perimeter. Although we know the Buffs are very good at that, they have the guys to defend on the perimeter, and you just got to make shots. And and like, I I hate that that it comes down to something that simple in my eyes. But like, the more I think about it, the more it just comes down to. Jariah Horn, make some shots. Deshaun Schwartz, make some shots. Ken, you got to make some floaters for us in the lane. Maddox Daniels, can you throw one in for us? Um, you know, the the mid-range stuff, is that falling? Like The floaters. Yep. If you can get that stuff to fall, you're going to win this game. Yep. And then you hope that you're going to be able to get some, uh, some, you know, rim runs from McKinley and Evan Batty. I wouldn't count much on... Um, Dallas Walton adding much in this game. Three-point shooting. <laughs> they, they have some big guys who move pretty well. When he's out there, I want to see him at the three-point line. Go get, ahead get and, them out go there. Go ahead and let it fly. If it's you know if you make your first one, I want more. But mm-hmm. he shot one in the Pac-12 championship game that hit like side backboard. And That's I was true. like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean – you're going to have to get some guys going. Maybe Eli throws in one, a big mm-hmm. one. You know, he's good for that once in a while. I don't – it's a little bit uncomfortable, the fact that if you don't shoot the ball well, this is going to be an absolute grind it out last second type of game, in my opinion. And, and, and like, that gives me anxiety just thinking about it. If you shoot the ball well, you're going to win. So I agree. The unfortunate thing is it's the one one of the few parts of basketball you just can't count on. You can't mm-hmm. say like, okay, well we we know if we shoot well, we got it, we're gonna win. So let's just shoot a lot and practice. Like that's just not the way it works. Um, but this team's capable of it. They're strong mentally. They're not gonna. I, I don't think they're gonna think the moment is too big for them. And uh, and I think they're gonna be ready. Yeah, I do too. And I think you know I've gone back. I saw the Villanova game and the championship game. And, you know, I do think that 
they are really big. And one of the things that Tad said, they're good at three-point shooting, but what they do is they play through their big man and then get it out to the three-point mm-hmm. line. It's and tough to defend. It, it is. But it's kind of similar to what USC does and similar to what Stanford does when they play through Oscar De Silva and play through Evan Mobley. This still is, to me, the type of team that Colorado does well against. I think that when you look at it in a vacuum and forget about all that stuff, it, it can be kind of nerve-wracking to think, like, that Kudis Wahab at 6'11", and he can move pretty well and jump, and then he's out there with Chudier Bile, who's another just big guy who's athletic. It, it can be kind of intimidating, but I do think you just have to bank on that history that Colorado has this season of playing well against teams that play through their front court and have really good players up there. Um, I do think that they're a better three-point shooter or shooting team than either of those other teams that I compared them to, but I don't know. Colorado's a good three-point shooting team, too. They made the most in the Pac-12. They did it the third best efficiency. Like, you can't really predict whether it's going to be there or not, but you have to think that it should be. Uh, I still do really like this matchup, and the one area where I don't like it is the rebounding. Like I, I think that if you're picking Georgetown to win, you're picking a combination of this team is going to out-rebound Colorado, Colorado could potentially make shots, and just weird things happen in March. Yes. Like, that's the formula for Georgetown winning. Yeah, I think Georgetown winning also just really involves them making threes. Yeah. Um, like I said, they're a good three-point shooting team. I was really surprised to see that. Because when I saw, okay, they're big, they're long, they're athletic, they must suck at shooting. They don't. They're really good at mm-hmm. shooting. Um, so that was concerning to me when I realized that they're the best three-point shooting team in their conference. Mm-hmm. Um so the that that's another that's the big thing for the buffs because you know that's kind of what sank them against oregon state was just really big shots at big moments from oregon state like they just kept hitting dagger threes yep um or not daggers but just like separators where you make a move you make them you're coming back into the game bang there's a three buffs Mm got to be really careful of that um i think i think they have a chance to set the tone early in this game and really get Georgetown into a desperate position. And if they do that, I think they could cruise. But the, there's there's so many different ways I can see this game going. One thing I will say, I like that it's in a small gym. Huh. Easier to shoot in small gyms. When okay. you, like, as you advance in the NCAA tournament, it keeps getting worse and worse. Eventually, you're playing in a football stadium, yep. which has to be, like, the <laughs> worst thing possible for a shooter. Because everything is based on depth perception, right? Like... You need to know how far you are, how much space is between you and the rim, and just mm-hmm. like your surroundings are what help you calibrate that. All of a sudden, like you're used to there being a wall, like somewhere yeah. near, and like there's just nothing. There's just, just goes one forever. hoop in the middle of a dome. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. And then there's like thirty yards before the seating even starts. Right. So and and uh, Lucas Oil is like extremely cavernous. Yeah. Like it's just like a massive. Uh, like a field house kind of it's like if, if you took like a field house basketball stadium and then turned it into a gigantic football stadium huh. it's kind of weird um but anyways i just think the that be starting off in a smaller gym is going to help yeah i think so too um in particular javon blair 
hit some really big threes. He hit uh, especially, I think it was the Villanova game. He hit like too late that like made it close. Um, he hit some big ones. And, and the difference between him and a lot of three point shooters in college basketball is that he takes those heat check threes. Like, from a couple mm. steps behind the arc, he'll just run up there and step into one and throw it up, and he'll go in. And that's the kind of stuff that I... F- that. Exactly. It just gets so disheartening when you see those miss. At the same time, if you force them to take those and, and they do miss, it feels good. But I, I just think that, you know, Georgetown's a good basketball team. But like we said, you know, that Villanova team, that game was a grind. A lot of things, I think, went Georgetown's way. Um... And they, they barely won against a good team that was missing its best player. They they beat Creighton in the championship game, and that Creighton team, similar, I mean, the Villanova team, even maybe even more so, just didn't have the size to match up. And that's why those guys were able to do so much damage in there when, you know, they've been good all year, but they were 9-12 and 12 going into this tournament. So... Obviously, free throw shooting is so big. Um, we saw it cost the Buffs the Pac-12 championship, unfortunately. Um, it's mm. won them a lot of games in every other facet. One thing that I think is important to point out here, Wahab, really bad free throw shooter, mm. 63% from the line. And it's funny because I don't want to see him at the line early in the game because that means Dallas Walton or yeah. you know Evan Batty, for whatever reason, is getting in foul trouble. That being said, if for whatever reason he's drawing a matchup on the backups, whether I, I mean I don't even want to think about like Tristan da Silva having to guard him or something <laughs> like that. Whoever it is, if, if if you're not long for minutes on the court, hack his ass. Don't yeah. let him score easy buckets. Um, obviously, you don't want to allow and ones, but sixty three percent is bad. Really it is bad. bad. So if I kind of like that, if you have to do like a hacka strategy at some point, it's possible for you to employ that. You know, you're trailing, struggling s- to get stops. Right, you're trailing, struggling to get stops. You're down seven. They're they've just entered the one and one. Like you have a chance to maybe steal a couple possessions off that. So yeah, one thing that I thought was important. The other thing that struck me about him was just how patient he is in the post. Like, like after playing a bunch of these big guys who just are so quick and just try to rush everything, I think that the battle between Belay and uh, Batty is going to be a lot of fun. Because both those big guys, they just, like, take their time down there. And mm-hmm. they're a little bit clunky almost, but they still are, like, ex- explosive athletes. I, I think that that's actually going to be a lot of fun to just see what happens when those big guys go down there because you just don't see guys that big in college basketball all that often usually they're a lot more like linear and long yeah yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting belay speaking of philip Lindsay, same high school both from denver south high school yeah i didn't realize that that's kind of crazy it's kind of weird I, yeah i don't know he's from nigeria i thought or maybe that was the other one that is um wahab is from nigeria okay oh belay born in denver there yeah. you go crazy how he kind of flew under yeah the radar i mean i i'm not as dialed into colorado high school basketball as i once was but so i was surprised when i saw that um i want to look at their team free throw percentage well while you pull that up let's uh take our last break oh and shout out DraftKings. um 
There Sick. It's going to be so DraftKings. <laughs> let me just tell you, we're yeah. doing a Big Bets Bonanza all day tomorrow. We're going to be here from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. betting on all of the games. Really excited for that. Um, so tune in because we'll be live at around 10 a.m. Till the end of the last game. It's going to be wild. It's going to be such a long game. And we we aren't doing that Saturday, though, right? It's just a no, Friday just, thing. I don't think we could do back-to-back 12-hour lives. I don't know. After after this football season, I'm not putting anything past us. But Saturday is obviously the Buffs game. Yep. So we will have plenty of content surrounding that. We definitely will. We'll still be doing the pregame show. Mm-hmm. It's actually like a pre-day two of the basketball tournament show. But obviously, as the local team, we'll be talking about the Buffs a lot. We'll have the postgame show afterwards. So make sure you're hanging out for that. Um, yeah, but also for DraftKings, make sure that you are taking advantage of the odds boost because yesterday I hit two odds boost parlays. Wow. Yeah. Two odds boost parlays. And here's what happened. Um, it was actually, um, not like the greatest betting of my life. What happened was I saw there was like a 25% boost on a champions league parlay and so I was like, huh, I don't know anything about any of these teams. And it turned out there were two games, so I just took the two favorites because it's soccer and the favorites always win. And they both won. And I wound up, uh, because of the profit boost, getting like plus 300 odds on that, which was pretty cool. And then um, I took the Nets and the Nuggets and the Bucks all just to win straight up because they're three good teams. And they did that, and I hit that uh, boosted from plus 236 to plus 314. Mm. So it was a good day for me. Love to see it. I know. And and all you have to do is just look at the odds boost. It's the best thing that any of these sports books have in Colorado. You know, there, there are other things that I, that I do like about other sports books, but the single best feature of any of them is the the odds boost that you can just put wherever you want. Um, on top of that, there's an awesome deal going on now. If you're a new customer, you can pick um, from a, a bunch of different underdogs and bet $4 and win $256 if that underdog wins. It's that simple. It's that easy. Uh, and that's like a whole lot of money. And if you aren't into college basketball, first of all, I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast, but you can bet on golf, hockey, so much more. Um, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code DMVR to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Did you find the team shooting? Yes, yeah. I did. Uh, they shoot 75% from the line. So not great. Not bad. No. I think I think we get to turn our nose up at that just because of what Colorado's doing. Well, and if, if the Buffs hit 7% more free throws than them in this game, that could be the difference. Yeah. I mean, what's that good for? Two, three points? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I I do feel good about this game for Colorado. Again, I mean, you have McKinley Wright. You have the team that made the most three-pointers in the Pac-12, the third best rate. It's it's just a really good formula that Colorado has at this point. And Georgetown has a good formula, too. And it's a formula that kind of maximizes what they have. But a lot of what they do is just, like, muck things up and 
take advantage of the size that they have. And I, I just don't know that that's going to work against Colorado. And that's where I fall. Um, you want to make a prediction for this game? And then maybe we'll make some predictions for these playing games, which I guess this will probably be a little bit late for the first one, but well. Okay. My prediction for the buffs is that they um, win 69-64. Nice. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to go. I still, I do think that that's just like what the Buffs score. Like they're just going to be a team that puts up about 70 night mm-hmm. in and night out. And it's the defense that might change some things. So I'm going to, I'm going to say 69 to, <laughs> to, to 59. Oh, I do think that they are able to. God, do you know how good my like weekend will be if that happens like just like a stress-free like <laughs> controlling buffs win yeah Dude, it'll the, just make like the first Sat- game all of, the of saturday too. will rule yep all of sunday will feel amazing and mm-hmm. then monday you're right back at it playing for a chance to go to the sweet 16 <sighs> please be right henry uh, okay I'm, I'm doing my best <laughs> um there are some games today though and hopefully you guys are listening to this in time to oh you want to talk about the nit Wait, are, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. You scared me, though. Come on. What are we doing? Um, NCAA tournament. There we go. First game, 310, Texas Southern, Mount St. Mary's. The Mount, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Big Mount guy. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have nothing to add, so I'll take your word for it. Thank you. Uh, Drake, Michigan State. You mean Drake, Wichita State. What I say? Michigan State. No way. <laughs> yeah, way. I mean, it's it's all it's the I C H I. Yeah, that's you. Drake lost one of their best players, right? And now they have him back. Yeah, I got Drake. I like it. <laughs> um, next up, Appalachian State, Norfolk. Are State. Are you picking? Yeah, I mean, I I trust you on Mount St. Mary's. I I I can go with Drake. Okay. I like Drake. Okay. Then Appalachian, yeah. Appalachian. Yeah, Palachin. So there is a way that you are supposed to say. <laughs> I know, it, I know. I just can never remember what it is. I think it's Appalachian. I'm gonna go Appalachian. Okay. Are we both picking them though? <laughs> um, no. Norfolk wow. State, famous for their upset of Missouri. I believe that was a 15-2 matchup. Well, famous, might I want to say. Uh, 2012 was the year. Okay. Um, 2013. I'm I don't thinking. think there are many people who, off the top of their head, could correct you. I don't think so either. Uh, so I'm rolling with the history here. Yeah. And taking Norfolk. <laughs> All right. And uh, the game that I actually wanted to talk about of the yeah. four, uh, the nightcap at 8 o'clock. This is going to be such a fun game. UCLA going to Michigan State. Or not going to, but technically at. <sighs> I, so, like, I'm not a big back-the-pack kind of guy. Okay. Um, I mostly just say, like, F all those guys. Something about the tournament gets me, gets my back the pack juices yeah. flowing. So I want to pick UCLA, but I think this is a close game. And I am very much. I just, I always side with coaches when I think it's going to be a close game in March. And so I just have to go with, with Michigan State. UCLA has kind of like just falling apart at points like like it it seems like there are some games where they just absolutely do not have it in in a way that 
I don't think is true of like a USC or no Oregon is that way as well. And, and that's what really scares me is just, I, I think that there's real potential that UCLA loses by 20 and makes me feel like an idiot. Whereas I don't think that they're going to win by 20 and it's, it's going to be such a close game probably that it doesn't matter, but I'm going Michigan state just because I don't want to get embarrassed by UCLA going out there and flopping, which I think is totally on the table. Cool. So there we go. I hope UCLA wins. Me too. I'm going to be pulling for them. Yeah. It's good for the Pac-12. Like, to just just every single one of those wins, it's it, it's almost like winning at the end of the season in football when you aren't going to make the playoffs, where it's like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really matter, but, you know, Deshaun Watson's going to see this, and so maybe he'll accept the trade if it goes there. And maybe this can be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and maybe not, but that's kind of how all these tournament goes games go for the Pac-12. If you get, like, an Elite Eight run from somebody, then, yeah, you're, you're obviously getting a team on the map, and you're doing what you should do as a Power Six conference. But just in a vacuum, all these games, they just kind of they stack up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it'd be nice to get a couple. Yeah, it, it. I don't know. I I was bummed because on DraftKings they have, um, like over under on how many teams, how many teams from a conference will win a game, or like I guess huh. how many wins. Uh, oh. I think it was how many get to the round of thirty two, but they okay. didn't have the Pac twelve. They had all the other ones. Huh. I was bummed because I wanted to take the over on that so I could have more of a reason exactly. to cheer for the Pac twelve. Like, and that's what I really want. It's just a reason to cheer for the Pac twelve. All right. Well, uh, do you have any final thoughts since this will be the last time we talk before the game? Yes. The one thing that we have not covered was the interesting move of a Georgetown Hoya to say he doesn't know who McKinley Wright is. (laughs) Yeah. That, I have a feeling, will prove Uh to be a problematic decision of him to make. And I think this is, a before we really dig in... There are some reporters from the Georgetown side that say that that is being very misconstrued and that what really happened was he was just like walking up and they were just like, what do you think McKinley Wright? And they were like, who's that? And he was like, oh yeah, I, the, he's the, the point guard. We know the, the point guard. We've learned all about the point guard. So yeah, off the top of his head, he doesn't know who McKinley Wright is. Problematic. It is problematic. It is problematic. And that I, should be the first thing you know when you know about Colorado. Yeah. I would venture to guess that the man doesn't know the name of any player on the team, though. But if you said number 25, he could he could have given you a scouting report. You just don't say that. You just don't say that. But they're yeah. going to know. They'll know by the end of the game. That's my yep. prediction. All I right. like it. I like it. That's all I got to say. All right. Sounds good. Um, I'll be back with another podcast tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. I think Ben's going to be on that one as well. Hopefully. Um, And then after that, it'll be game day on Saturday. So we'll see you guys then. Competition, see you later, baby. baby. Colorado.
save it yeah. And vote is where we station Patiently awaiting Whoa. When I hit the field It's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swagging As the crowd do the wave Look into my eyes I can tell that you afraid uh -huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it To the next whistle And we ain't playing with you You can get it anytime yeah. It started at the scrimmage We gon' win it at the last yeah. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring Throwing blows, knocking down team after team I think they like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in that play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in that go You know I'm acting bad Holler, get a bus with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag My Colorado swag My Colorado swag Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag Have you ever seen a ram? Nine boat in Colorado Buffalo is what I am All the teams come and follow When I start, hit the field The opposing crowd swallow Cause they know I'm about to kill He gon' feel that tomorrow Whole team full of warriors Got me feeling tribal Big 12, here we come We ain't worried about arrival If you wanna come and get it We'll wait for your arrival When you hit this frozen field Man, it's all about survival Why you make it, why you make it Yeah, you better bring your Bible Quick, big, blind side, flat